0: Chapter 11, Barnstrom Anderson. Thanks to Ribbit, I'm still in the Golden Eagles. It's the nicest thing any teacher ever did for me. Not that I love teachers so much. It's their fault I'm in SCS-8. I'm not unteachable, and I'm definitely not stupid. I'm like any other kid. I can learn, but if you give me the choice not to, I'll pick that. They were totally cool with letting me slide so long as the trophies kept coming, but now that I can't play anymore, all of a sudden my gr- my grades aren't up to scratch. Funny how that wasn't a problem last year when I beasted in three sports. I load up my tray in the food line and hobble out to the cafeteria. It's not easy to balance a big lunch when you're on crutches. As I scan the tables, this 7th grade girl I don't know, really cute, smiles and waves at me. This happens to athletes a lot. We're kind of celebrities around the school. I'm trying to figure out how to wave back without dropping either my tray or my crutch when her gaze veers off to my left. She's not looking at me at all. She's waving to Karnowski, one of my teammates on the Golden Eagles, who's coming up beside me. It's like a gut punch. Karnowski was a scrub who never even got off the bench before I landed on the injured list. Now he's somebody, and I'm somebody to look right through. Zup, Anderson, he mumbles, stepping in front of me. He and the girl connect and take the last two spots at the front table, the best location. Last year, a half dozen people would have scrambled to make room for Barnstrom-Anderson, Not anymore. I can take a hint. I'm a golden eagle, but not really. What have I done for them lately? If I can't put points on the board today, I'm dead to them. Not even Ribbit can change that. I keep on hobbling, head held high. I'll die before I let them see I care. It stinks that just moving across the cafeteria has to be a major operation. The way I could move used to uh, be what made me who I am. I guess that means I'm nobody, at least until next year. Another problem. I've hung out with jocks for so long, I've got nowhere else to go. I set my lunch down next to Aldo and Raheem. As I lean my crutches against the side of the table, one of them tips over and whacks Aldo in the shoulder. Hey, he barks angrily. Chill out, it was an accident. It wasn't an accident. In my athlete days, my mind was always on the field or on the court juking and cutting, faking imaginary defenders out of their jockstraps. Now that I'm off sports, I don't do that anymore, and my poor mind has nothing to focus on, so I spend my time thinking of ways to get a rise out of Aldo. It's almost too easy. Aldo is half-heartedly eating a bowl of split pea soup while gazing over at Kiana, who's a few tables away, sitting with Mateo and Parker. That's the rest of the SCS-8, except for Elaine who eats alone, surrounded by a buffer zone of empty tables. People have been keeping their distance from her ever since she chucked this kid into the salad bar. Even in the lunchroom, Elaine rhymes with pain. While Aldo's staring at Kiana, I reach over and dump half a shaker of black pepper into a soup. I can't help it. It's almost not my fault. Raheem snickers and doodles a napkin sketch of Aldo with smoke coming out of his ears. Meanwhile, Kiana catches Aldo looking at her. Embarrassed, he picks up his soup bowl and guzzles what's left of it, pepper and all. A split second later, a green geyser of pea soup sprays across the room, propelled by a scream. "'What did you do that for?' he rasps. "'I can't answer that, because I'm laughing too hard. "'So is Raheem.' When Aldo sees the napkin sketch, he stabs it with the spoon, which snaps in half. That gets us a caution from the lunchroom monitor, who raises the quiet alert level from green to amber on the traffic signal at the front of the cafeteria. You've got to tone it down, man. I manage fighting to control my laughter. Everything makes you fly off the handle. Not true, he bellows in my face and the traffic signal goes to red. Now nobody is allowed to talk for the rest of lunch, and it's all Aldo's fault. Rahim and I exchange a fist bump under the table. Afterwards, when we're walking back to room 117, I mean, everybody else is walking. I'm thumping on my crutches. I can't resist rubbing a little more salt into Aldo's wounds. Kiana is watching you the whole time, I assure him. She probably thinks you're nuts or something. Did I ask you to put a pound of pepper in my soup, he demands. Okay, but you don't have to get so mad about it. You're mad at me. You're mad at Raheem. You're mad at the cafeteria for changing the chicken nugget recipe. You're mad at Ribbit. I'm not mad at Ribbit, he mutters. You said you were before. Yeah, well, I changed my mind. Fine, I agree. Everything makes you mad except Ribbit. And I stop bugging him because I keep thinking about Mr. Kermit fighting with the office to get me in the pepperelli. Back in room 117 with the rest of the class, we can't help noticing a bright green vuvuzela bent double, sticking out of the teacher's trash can. If Ribbit thinks he can get rid of all those things one at a time, puts in Raheem, he's in for a really rough spirit week. I can't understand what makes him tick puts in kiana most of the time he never opens his mouth but blow a vuzela and he'll scream you an opera that made him mad i say with a wink at aldo he's the grinch mateo pipes up suddenly i thought he was squidward parker reminds him mateo shakes his head the grinch definitely the grinch hates christmas because he can't stand the noise Well, Mr. Kermit hates Spirit Week because he can't stand the Voozuelas. Everybody hates something, I retort. I don't like lima beans. Am I a Grinch, too? It's not just what you hate. It's why you hate it, Mateo replies seriously. Indiana Jones hates snakes because he's afraid of them. Superman hates kryptonite because it's his weakness. The Wicked Witch of the West hates water because it makes her melt. But Mr. Kermit and the Grinch are both haters for the same reason. Noise. Ribbit comes in, and the first thing he sees is all of us staring into the wasteful basket at the broken vuvuzula. He seems annoyed at first, but then his expression changes to one of sympathy. I have some bad news about Spirit Week. It's okay, Mr. Kermit, Keanu interrupts. We all know you tried your best to talk the principal into letting us be part of it. Let me tell you about Spirit, the teacher comes alive making eye contact with each of us as he speaks. No one can command you to have spirit, not principals, governors, presidents, or even kings. There's no spirit switch in your brain that can be flipped on or off. Spirit isn't a week you can put on your calendar. It doesn't come from posters or streamers or rallies or funny hats and definitely doesn't come from making an ungodly racket with a cheap plastic instrument of torture that was invented purely for disturbing the peace. It's the most he said to us all year. I can't explain it, but it feels like a kind of breakthrough. Although what we're breaking through to, I have no clue. Maybe it's this. In all my years in school, I've never heard a teacher say something that was so completely and totally honest. The end.